Round one, fight. Heroes never die. I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite store on the Citadel. <laughs> I used to be an adventurer like you. Then I took an arrow in the knee. Power, sex, sex, power. They both come down to one thing. Hungry Gamers. Hello, 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 and welcome, boys and girls, to the 235th episode of the Hungry Gamers podcast. We are powered by APIP.net, Audio Technica, and Manscaped. And I'm your extremely humble host, Brendan White. You can find me just about everywhere at Brendan 8-Bit. And joining me today, my podcast writer, die. you can find her on them socials at Miss Ellie Hart. She is the Rexplode to my Alan Alien. <laughs> Miss Ellie Hart, how are you doing today? <laughs> I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. I think it's going to be one of those podcasts, right? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, you know, you've been uh, you've been a little little off the grid this week. You've been uh fighting the ailments and uh working through, but you're here. You're you're fighting fit and you're you're back in the ring. Yeah, not like uh like we used to be when we were younger. It just seems like if something hits you, it hits you just a million times. So, there ain't no rec- no quick recovery. No, no, especially in this day and age where I think maybe we're maybe just a little bit sort of fatigued. Uh, so it slows down our recovery time with everything yeah. else going on. So mm. it's sort of as as the age get catches up to us, yeah, we're, we're slower already. But then you combine all these other weird elements from around the globe into our into our daily uh, cycle and it uh, makes it tough. But you hear... It really does. We're here for the 235th time. That is still a crazy number to think about. The fact that we're creeping our way up to 250 episodes of THG. That's going to sneak, like, it's going to sneak up on us like something savage. And mm-hmm. it's it's ridiculous. Like, um, just thinking about it, actually, just, you know, engaging with that community and, like, seeing, like, the reviews that pop up and everything. And then just seeing that number, that 235 and... Sneaking up to 250, it's unbelievable to see how far we've come. Really. It's ridiculous. It really is. But it's 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 a hell of a journey. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll keep uh, we'll keep on this journey for a little while longer yet anyway. So uh, yeah. and, unless the COVID gets us, then uh, otherwise it'd be nice knowing Ooh. you all. We love you. Uh, stay safe out there. Stay hungry. Stay humble, all that stuff. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, we're here. Um, you haven't been playing anything because you've just been, uh, you know, you've been fighting the loogie, but you've been watching some stuff. I'd love to get your uh, your opinions on. So you watched <laughs> the first episode of Invincible, uh, Amazon yeah. Prime's new uh, animated exclusive from Robert Kirkman. Yeah. What do you think? I was waiting for when it got funny. <laughs> <laughs> it never got funny, um, and like. So I'm going to be honest. So I turned it on. I think, did I turn it on like after the podcast or did I do it on Saturday? Either way, like turned it on and watched maybe about 20 minutes of it. And then like, I just said to my husband, like, I'm like, I'm not enjoying this. He goes, me either. So we switched it off and (gasps) turned on. And, um, and I'm like, you know what? Like everyone says there's a point where it gets better. So let's just let's just watch the rest of it. Let's wait for this this moment to happen. I didn't realize you guys meant it got better in the last ten like no, not even ten minutes. I feel like it was only five minutes, the last five minutes of the episode. Cause um yeah, I just I was waiting for it to get funny. I was waiting for like some kind of like me to get attached to any kind of character. Um, 
I don't know. Like for me, nothing grabbed me until the onset of violence. Um, but yeah, like, uh, and <laughs> I even said to my husband, I said, hey, so that was two episodes, right? And he goes, no. I went, oh my God. And he mm. goes, do you want to watch the next one? I went, no. <laughs> the the second, like, yeah, they certainly take time in setting the table for the first episode. Like, Boy, uh, do they? <laughs> yeah. And, and you know, it was a, it was a slow cooked meal, but, uh, you know, the, the table got set and the, the meal was served at the the end and then it really sort of dials up from there. Like, the, uh, on, the only so, yeah, really persist. good part, the only really good part about it was this piece of shit character, main character, this whiny little shit, and that he just talks shit to his mum about her, like about how he wants to be like his dad and his dad is this incredible being and, you know, he wants to be with like being live up to his expectations and he doesn't, you know, want to be like a boring human like his mum, who's probably had to deal with both their shit. Like, and then she actually told him, called him like a dickhead or something or an yeah. asshole. And I'm like, yes, good. Someone tell this kid he's an asshole because he is. Yeah. I don't you, care you about feel him. For old, uh, feel for old Debbie. Like, because, yeah, her, her husband's obviously one of the, the strongest superhumans or superheroes or whatever you want to typecast him as in the universe. Mm-hmm. And then, then her son's just now gotten his powers and she's just a, just a regular non-superhuman person so she's just living her life keeping this house rolling imagine just like being a human and like yeah you fall in love with this superhuman superhero you know that's like on the front of news so he's a celebrity but he's also just has his own thing going on so you know she obviously had to deal with him just disappearing constantly and it shows that she is kind of used to it like with him just like darting back and forth but Imagine being like a mother and then your other support network not always being there. So then you bring up this child in that kind of environment only for them to say, I want to be like dad. I don't want to be boring like you. I would kick the shit out of that. <laughs> yeah, you probably could add a little bit more tact, old uh, Mark Grayson, with, with some of that wordplay. But yeah, p- persist. I, I think like it, it, like the the first episode really, really puts an exclamation point on the entire proceedings and then it then it sort of keeps moving from there like it is a bit of a slow burn in that first 35 ish minutes of that first episode but then the last 10 ish it really picks up yeah like i I agree the last 10 minutes of that whatever was it 45 minute episode yeah that was awesome i thought that was great but i'm like you can't drag me through all that and say trust me it gets better like you know what i got other things to watch. yeah it's- i probably i probably will continue because everyone seems to love it so much but after going through that whole experience it did not entice me to keep watching i just i felt exhausted i felt dragged along and i'm like i could i'm just gonna watch something else right now so yeah yeah it was a big big tonal shift that sort of probably threw a lot of people because uh, i like i've i've got the comics and stuff so i sort of know where things are going i was just sort of waiting for oh, the yeah, things I'm- that i was perceived like that was i, I perceived that was going to happen and i'm like man it's gonna take a little while and they just went pow I'm like, okay cool yeah. i mean let's roll yeah and like that like that is the thing that would have grabbed me if like let's say if it started with that i probably would have been like all engines you know on charge i'll be for for it but unfortunately yeah because of how the episode went because of my disconnect from anyone i just didn't care and then like yeah the last 10 minutes i was like that was fucking cool 
but yeah, it, was, it wasn't cool enough for me to keep going at least for at least for this week. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, I see you've watched some SVU as well. Is is this the yeah. the stable crossover you're talking about, or is this yes. just regular old SVU? No, <laughs> this is the stable crossover. So that it aired, I think, last night. Um, so this is the episode of SVU where Stabler comes back, um, and then it's also an extension onto him getting his own series. Um, gotta say the episode's a little lackluster and there's a little bit of like weird awkwardness that kind of happens yeah plus it goes i'm pretty certain it still goes for the same you know svu running time so a lot happens in such a short amount of time like a lot of catch-up and yeah super awkward but for the most part it's great to see him back and um i'm i'm gonna probably load up his um the first episode of his new series um as uh well, I, I don't want to spoil it, so I won't say what he's doing. But, uh, yeah, SVU fans are probably, like like myself, happy just to see Stabler back. Yeah, I'm, I'm keen to see what he's been up to. I'm keen to see how they try and ride it's, him it's, into the show. Like, they justify where he went for, like, eight, nine years or whatever. Ten, maybe that's even more. It's ten years. From what yeah. they said, it's, they said it's ten years. So, um, and other people from his life appear, and it's good to see them with ten years past. Um but yeah, for the most part, like it's it's interesting. There's some very interesting interactions, but it has to be done to set up the the new series. So, I wonder if one of his I can't remember the daughter, the one that's always like wrong side of the tracks, always in the mischief. I wonder if she's ten years on still just as derailed. Oh yeah, I'd be curious of that too. So. <laughs> she was always in trouble. <laughs> she did some um, weird shit. <laughs> yeah, so. As far as what I've been watching, I've been playing something we'll talk about too as well. Uh, Benny and I went and watched uh, Godzilla vs. Kong last weekend. How was it? It's what you'd expect Godzilla vs. Kong to be. Like uh, you don't you don't go there for the big dramatic story arc. That's for sure. Like it's it's a big old creature battle royale slobber knocker of a thing. Like the animation, like. Godzilla and Kong and the other creatures and whatever else that gets thrown into this look phenomenal on screen. Like, it is really, really well put together. Like, the special effects is brilliant. Uh, the fight scenes are cool. Uh, whoever in the in the production team has a bit of a kink for RGB and neon, though, like, it is everywhere. <laughs> like, every Sign second scene, <laughs> there's... It's, it's, like, it's like parts of Tron mixed with you running around inside a giant computer. Like, there is just fucking neon and RGB popping. Like, it's awesome and it's cool to see. <laughs> but just, um, yeah, the plot line is... Not the strongest, but like no one really went for, I think, a big story. They went yeah, for the Yeah, I don't big... think people are looking for depth, are they? <laughs> yeah, but like, so there, there's some big, big leaps taken in the plot and just some weird things that you just, okay, have to acknowledge or agree upon. Like just crazy big sort of arc jumps for characters that just make no sense. Like, but no one really cares about the human characters in these movies. I think it's no. all about Kong and Godzilla and. And it's great. And, and Kong's the star of this movie. Like, he's, oh, really? he's great to watch. Yeah, yeah. Like, you, you watch him and, you know, the story they weave in on the back of Skull Island and what he's been up to since and stuff. So, you sort of really root for Kong. Uh, but, really? yeah, there's some cool battles. Some cool battles. Uh, I think there's certainly going to be more of these movies. That's for damn sure. Oh, uh, they're totally setting something up. I actually have a question because yeah. I completely forgot that I actually saw the last Godzilla movie. I is it was it Godzilla? Yeah, King of Monsters was last year. 
Yeah, the one that had Eleven in it from um, Stranger Things, yeah. right? Yeah, that was last year. So she's back again. Okay, so it is connected. All right. I wasn't too yeah. sure if they were doing, you know, oh, this one's connected, but we're forgetting about that one and this and that. So, okay, so Skull Island and that one are connected and, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. Sense. So this is this is the merging of those two universes. So it's all all previous characters that, like, that have survived and whatever else. Most of them have all made their way into into Godzilla vs. Kong. But just, it felt like there were scenes, like they must have chopped this movie up pretty big because like um, Lance Reddick's in this movie, you know, <laughs> Zavala. Yeah. And he's literally, like he's in the opening credit lines, like showing the casting. And he's not, not one of the first names, but he's he's a prominent name that's featured. Yeah. And he's literally in one scene for like five seconds. He says like three oh, lines and that's it. And I'm like, okay, Wasted. surely they've cut the guts out of this. Yeah. Why would gosh. Maybe maybe they did go very like dialogue heavy, story heavy and then they were like who are we kidding? No one wants this. Yeah. Yeah. But just some weird some weird leaps as far as plot lines and and character uh ideas and thought process and how they weaved in and weaved out like there's a few things i'm like oh really then i'm like oh it's just a big dumb popcorn movie and and if you go in with Mm. that expectation it'll be fine like it's a feast for the senses watching in a cinema the sound was great the as i said like the the imagery and the graphics and everything and the color pops and all that really stylized like as as is tradition they always fight through goddamn japan so japan is like a neon cyberpunk wet dream <laughs> so it's popping off and the combat's really cool but yeah it was, it was fun it was fine like was fine. i didn't i didn't leave the cinema going man i want my, my, my want my money back like i was like yeah it's cool i'm happy with that i got my, okay. got what i was looking for yeah i'd like i think a, a person would be set up for disappointment if they were expecting like some weird like you know masterpiece of cinema like we we all know what we've set up for when it comes to seeing with these like big monster monster movies so i i've actually got to see what it's available on here because like obviously a lot of um movie theaters are still closed and yeah. seeing uh seeing the upcoming new movies is very uh optional <laughs> so i'll have to see if they're, they're doing this one direct to streaming might be a, maybe a hbo one hopefully yeah so. maybe hopefully hopefully you can check it out because it's it's a good watch like it's just big dumb fun like if you yeah. want, if you want to watch something and sort of switch the brain off and just be stimulated by just bright Neon lights RPG and, lights. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's 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 a good i think it was 90 minutes maybe a little bit above so it's, oh, it's not a bad run good. time so it's glad glad they're not following down this uh path of uh, movies that have to be three hours long now apparently so. yeah well we might get the uh we might get a godzilla vs kong um yeah wingard Ext- cut who knows yeah who knows? <laughs> extended it, it cut might... where it's just lens <laughs> yeah oh god i just it was so weird to me that was one of the big things that just really stood out i just like, like that i saw yeah, him in the credits then I'm like, you're Fuck like yeah <laughs> and then you saw the five seconds you're like where'd he go yeah, and like he wasn't like killed or any, like you know, not, I don't think I'm spoiling anything. Like he wasn't killed or anything. He just said like one line, and that was it. Never saw him again. I'm like, <laughs> I'm out. Okay, cool, <laughs> fair enough. And um, something else I've been watching. I just wanted to touch on very briefly. Uh, over the past week or two, I've binged uh, all four seasons of Van Helsing on Netflix. It's not a very good show. It's like so. So it's not. It's not the continuity of the uh, Hugh Jackman Van Helsing movie. Okay. So it's the premise is sort of um, 
current day uh, vampires exist on Earth and there's been these big volcanic eruptions that leave a lot of like ash in in the in the sky so vampires can sort of i guess in essence walk around on earth for you know in parts of the world okay and and this woman <laughs> Vanessa Van Helsing she's a descendant of the Van Helsings which obviously are vampire I, hunters I love that her name is Vanessa Van yeah. Helsing so like her name starts with Van but it's like yeah. let's just throw it in there like her surname is like Vanessa like Eldridge or something like that. um, Yeah, but it's just so (laughs) dumb. It is so dumb. It's like unnecessarily violent. Uh, Some of the characters are just so stupid and so annoying. But like, I was looking for something to sort of have as as my background binge while I'm working or whatever else. And I first turned on Winona Earp, which is also like a, a sort of creature of the week type of show which which almost it's trying to be buffy winona earp but cannot be buffy it is not very good i watched two episodes i'm like this show sucks so i stopped that and i put van helsing on completely different tone it's a bit more straight down the line it's a bit more dark and gritty uh, wait it sucked though like hell this show sucked but you watched all four seasons is that what you yeah saying? like it's it's possible <laughs> it's better than winona earp <laughs> So like, if anything, we now know how do. much Winner Earp sucks. Yeah, yeah. Like, but like, if you wanted uh, something trying to be like a Buffy, cheap Buffy ripoff, Winona yeah. Earp is what it is. But Van Helsing, it's almost like got a similar tone to like uh, The Walking Dead. Okay, I guess is a way to sort of describe it. But there's just so many people die unnecessarily, and so <laughs> many like like, and it's it's kind of cool. Like, so many lead characters just get killed off instantly. Like all through the seasons, like with no justification. I'm like, okay, that's cool. I like when shows are happy to, to pull that kind of trigger. But yeah. yeah, it's just so dumb. Maybe it's just actors saying this show's fucking stupid. Kill me. Maybe. Well, they've got they've it was renewed. Like there's a fifth season coming later this year, oh, so wow. they've they've been renewed to actually get the full arc and closure of the storyline done. Like it's um, it's not too bad to watch. Like dumb violence, vampires, hammy acting. You know, it took me a bit to like kind of figure what you're talking about because I don't know why I thought of the anime straight away. I'm like, oh shit, you picked up the anime, but no, okay. So, this is like some, uh, yeah, like you said, like some kind of like I'm trying to think of the style. There's like this particular thing where it's like it's shown on like sci fi and Foxtel, yeah, yeah, it's kind of very much a a sci fi. C grade TV show. Yeah, it's it's a it's a B grade C grade. I like you'd see it on Sci Fi, um, very very easily. I would imagine, yeah. but uh, it's been okay. It's been okay. Like I've been consuming that. Like American Gods third season just wrapped this week. I need to watch this show because it looks cool and it's got some pretty cool actors in it. And like as some people have said that like the first season was great, but then it gets bad. Can confirm. Yep. So okay. it's it's funny because this is going to sound very similar to what I've talked about with Hannibal. Okay. First oh, season, no. perfection. <laughs> Same with American Gods because they were both brought to screen by Brian Fuller. Brian okay. Fuller leaves American Gods after the first season, after some hullabaloo with stars, execs and whatever else. Second season, not so great. Third season, actually really good of American Gods, ends on a big cliffhanger and they've just confirmed and they're not bringing it back for a fourth season. So I'm like, fuck! <laughs> like, I've read the book, so I know what, in essence, 
is probably going to happen. But like, yeah, they they confirmed this week. They're like, yeah, we're not bringing it back for fourth season. Like for the fourth season, I'm like, fuck me. God damn it. (laughs) What happens to Shadow Moon and Mr. Wednesday? Okay. But yeah, watch the first season. It's like, you know how like Hannibal's really stylized and artistically. Mm. It's like that, but like on steroids. So I I want to sign up for the disappointment like you've told me i'm gonna be disappointed the and the the annoying thing too like because there was a lot of discourse in the back end production of this show because the first season the cast was phenomenal but then like a, a few of them went well fuck this i'm out like like jillian anderson was in this in this show and she's so great in the first season like um and a heap of other great actors like that too that were in it for the first season and, and then it, or parts of the second then they got um where they left so they either had to get cut out or killed off or recast and oh. but in the third season Danny Trejo is in it so that's kind of cool it's kind of cool mm-hmm. but it's great first season though is awesome second gets a bit slippery third great but now I'm probably never going to get closure so uh, there's your warning for you if anyone wants to watch American Gods mm-hmm. <laughs> get get ready to be stuck on an eternal cliffhanger <laughs> But outside of that, um, I've been playing a bit of uh, Outriders this mm. week. So obviously it's dropped on all the main platforms, but you can also get it uh, included in Xbox Game Pass if you're uh, already That's a right. card-carrying member of that fantastic service. So yeah, I've been playing been playing the last couple of nights uh, on this little ditty, uh, pushed my way through the prologue again and did Oof. all the way up to the back end of the demo and have pushed a good way into the mainline story. I'd say I'm probably halfway i reckon Mm. like um i'm probably anywhere around maybe say let's say 12-ish hours maybe through the game now and you think you're halfway through i think i'm about halfway through i think Mm. i could be i could be off but just the way the game works and and going from hub to hub it's sort of like there's like a cloud of war covering half the map still and i'm about like in the middle where my little icon is so i think i think i'm about halfway um the story annoyingly even from when you and i played the demo it kind of takes a back seat to everything else going on like you, you don't really find like i haven't found myself caring a huge amount about mm. the characters and the world itself and whatever else it's just just get me in there let me shoot a heap of shit let me pop an ability and just wreak havoc and that's yeah. that's where the game really sings but <laughs> we're trying to do this yeah yeah yeah, sure, sure, sure. Let me yeah, shoot. yeah exactly it's like quick go help this but then at the same time all these characters you meet like or, or these big moments, people like similar to what I was talking about with Van Helsing or whatever else, th- people just fucking die all the time. Like everyone you meet is dead. Like I think that's the theme of this this game. It's like, oh, I'm going to talk to you for five minutes. Oh, now you're dead. Oh, I'm going to talk to you for five minutes. Oh, now you're dead. And that coupled with um, weird production choices where you're going into cutscenes, and sometimes I don't know if like they just need to patch it and it's just been cutting the cutscene off but like there's been moments in the game where um a big battle would occur or whatever and then they just cut the cutscene off and then it'd fade to you like you know you've you've woken up because you got knocked out and someone pulled you out from under some rubble and it just tells you this in like a, a block of text on the load screen as opposed to actually playing it out on the screen so oh there's these weird moments where it's like fuck yeah i'm doing this and then it's like load screen and then you you know been rescued by this person's like show me getting rescued show me these things but instead there's just these weird jump cuts 
to like the next part of the story or just a cut of dialogue that's missing. And I'm like, oh, it's kind of jarring. Like, I don't care about the story, but I'd like to at least know what just happened, you know? Yeah, I like that's what I remember with the demo. I think we both kind of agreed to this where it was... um we found, like, uh, well, I remember finding the interactions with characters just being really off. Like, it just it like seemed like people we were acting in certain ways that just didn't kind of line up. And even you and your character, like, their attitudes changed depending on the scenario and it just didn't feel consistent. So I was kind that of carries that. through to the main game. Oh, uh, great. The, 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 tone, the tone changes, like, uh, with the drop of a hat, it feels like. Like yeah. your 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 main outrider that you play, yeah. Like he goes, he or she goes from like a nice, endearing, caring character to someone that's trying to you know almost have a bit of retribution from their previous life, and then all of a sudden they're being rude and killing people unnecessarily and yeah. cracking jokes and not giving a shit, and then they're caring too much, and it's like <laughs> pick a side, bro. Like where do you stand on all this? And same as the mainline characters you meet throughout the story, like half of them, well, maybe more than half, like 80% of them, they're all angry and depressed and pissy. And I'm like, I get it, you know, life's tough, but like change change the tone a little bit in some of these conversations. Everybody's a prick that you meet in this game. So it's like, I don't care about anybody Anyone. that I come across. And it's like, and there's a chance you're gonna die anyway, so whatever. You know, I'm just gonna keep <laughs> I ain't rolling. Gonna get attached. <laughs> no, you can't get attached to anybody in this game. But like, great. The the combat's good. Like the the sort of synergies between the the four classes when you're rolling out with people's great. Mm-hmm. Like similar to what you and I ex- were experiencing when we were playing the demo, where you'd pop like a, a slow time bubble, and then I'd sort of charge in and do a big ground pound stuff like that. When you see yeah. all that working and humming together, is like, it's awesome like Like that's really cool so the abilities are still tight and devastating and and working really seamlessly together uh the the guns still feel pretty good like it is very much like a gears meets the division meets almost like a bit of diablo like if it was instead like over the shoulder instead of isometric top down because there is so many enemies all the time to kill like there's some areas (laughs) you go in it's like go in and and sort of uh, take over this small encampment and it's like a a little shanty that you'd probably have 20 people living in but all of a sudden 200 motherfuckers come out of nowhere and they're just coming from everywhere so it's just mindless violence all the time yeah i could see how that could be a joy- enjoyable um like i don't know like my gameplay experience wasn't fun i didn't like the whole the, the game feels like like a gears of war it feels like there's a lot of um you know hide behind cover like covering fire a lot of moving from cover to cover like i don't play like that i like being pretty exposed to just going in guns blazing and like i kn- i know in the demo it turned out that way because i reached my level cap and it just got to a stage where things got like pretty easy mm. but I assume as you play this game, unless you're, you know, I guess you somehow achieve higher level gear than what you require, like what you should be at your level, the game is still probably, was it still focusing on coverage fire and stuff? Yeah, it's it's challenging. Like um, where I think Benny and I are playing it on like world level eight at the moment. So okay. we're sort of, uh, it gives you then obviously with the subsequent world levels, the enemies you play uh, higher level than you and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. 
it's intense. Like we've we've died a good chunk of time in this game. Like we there's never been many moments where we've felt like we're god tier overpowered and just rolling through. Like some of these boss encounters you have are absolutely bonkers. Uh, yeah. Coupling that with like waves and waves and waves of enemies coming at you. There's constantly I'm looking in like the the sound and the tone changes when you get to like below 20% health and you know you're you're close to death. I hear that sound all the time. So you're constantly like hunting for an enemy to finish off to get your health back. Mm. So always, always into the fray, which is pretty cool. Like, yeah, the only time I'm hiding behind something is if I need to catch my breath for a second because I'm about to die. Otherwise, yeah. I'm right in the thick of it, popping abilities, shooting stuff, getting amongst the chaos. So it's it's pretty... Pretty intense and pretty hairy, uh, which yeah. which I like because the heart is just going the whole time when you're in battle. Yeah, uh, and and some of the bosses you fight are very unique and memorable, and and yeah, they they test your test your skills. That's for sure. Yeah, I just feel like when I played it, like you mentioned, like it, it's quite difficult. You feel like you're in the thick of it a lot of the time. So in my mind, um, in contrast to how I usually play games. I feel like it was trying to encourage you to play Covering Fire because it essentially didn't want you to be up close and personal. It did want you to play from a distance because there were moments in the demo where because I play up close and personal, I could see the the next wave of enemies coming so I could already deal with them before they actually entered the zone that they were meant to be like entering in. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, I think the way the game is encouraging you to play um doesn't fit my game style so i think um if you're playing with people you can sort of offset the the need for cover and push forward together like when i I was doing a couple of solo missions i had to constantly yeah be a bit of you know engage retreat engage retreat hide sort of thing because that i've noticed too i don't think the enemy numbers increase or reduce when there's more people in your party i don't know if that's right or wrong but it felt like it was the same amount of enemies coming at me whether i'm by myself or with other people so it was tough when you're soloing um but yeah it's really cool uh i haven't had any too many too many bugs like i had one fade to black kick to xbox home screen i have to reboot the game i had that happen once uh the one thing i've noticed a few times happen though like transitioning into into certain hub areas or into parts of a mission occasionally my hud would sort of fade half of the stuff away so like the whole bottom third of the screen which shows your your health your ability cooldowns your gun and your 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 ammo situation that would just disappear so i wouldn't know how many bullets were in my clip what my abilities were like if they were off cooldown how my health situation was so there was a few times where i'm fighting and I was just going by feel. I'm like, okay, it feels like the timer for that ability would have would have turned off now so I can pop it again and go back in. And that happened a good probably half a dozen times in some really hairy situations where I'm like, fuck, I can't see am I alive? Have I got bullets? What am I doing? And so it really then dialed up the the tension again as well. Like obviously <laughs> it wasn't by design, <laughs> but it added to it where it was just this stripped back HUD that just put me on edge that's actually funny because um just because of the game release and i was very curious to see like any kind of differences in it between the demo i watched uh, i think it was the kind of funny crew they were playing it and there was actually a moment where one of the guys their character went invisible like <laughs> the, 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 
character was invisible. I don't believe the enemies were reacting to him. And his gun didn't work, but his abilities did. So, like, <laughs> it actually worked to their benefit. So. you you got to love uh, day one bugs. potential needs for patches and bugs. Yeah, like, yeah. overall... um. Yeah, Benny and I have had a pretty pretty seamless experience for like a live games as a service type of game. Like mm-hmm. um it, it's been pretty smooth. Like I haven't got any major complaints about it. Uh but it's 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 been fun. It's just mindless like I think I think the way I think about it with Diablo is like, you know, there's a story there, but I couldn't really tell you what's going on. I'm just going into a room <laughs> and killing everything, picking up some loot, maybe upgrading my boots or my gun or whatever. Yeah. Going into the next room, doing the same thing. And that's what this game is. As the um I'm assuming because I only played demo, so obviously in the full game, does your character end up looking better? Like do you get gear that makes you look pretty cool? Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, cool. there's like you get a lot of loot. A lot of loot dropped at you very, very consistently, which is great. Oh, that's so good. enemies are dropping loot. There's so many like chests out in the world you get uh to select out of one of three items at the end of the every main mission you do for the most part so it's Mm -hmm. usually a a gun or an armor choice and then there's like armor sets so you can get all the same of of one set of armor so you've got a nice consistent looking looking style and then also you can then customize your truck that you're sort of cruising around in from hub world to hub world so you can change the aesthetic of that so there is some some cool customization in the game and you can re-socket your guns and re-roll their abilities and stuff, which is probably one of the best things about the game is, um, you know, if one of the guns you've got has a has a cool uh, perk that you want, you can dismantle yeah. that gun and take that, that oh. mod and then just pump that into the other gun you want. So it's not like you dismantle it and you lose it or you can just re-roll it into anything. So That's you- pretty cool. I always enjoy when games um, add that kind of feature because it makes you a hoarder if you have yeah. certain guns where you're like, oh, but I really like that ability. So that's good. Yeah. So and, and the cool thing with the abilities is then they synergize with yours. So you could have mm-hmm. a gun, like most of your legendary guns, you can have two sockets. So you could have one that could add like a freeze or a toxic or a bleed ability to the bullets. But then your secondary perk on that gun could be uh, one of your um, abilities, whether it be a ground and pound or if you're, uh, pyromancer and you're throwing fire it could add damage buffs to that or it could shorten the cooldown and stuff so you can really mm. really build out your character as you see fit so that's that's probably the strongest part of the whole game certainly not the story but like the <laughs> the customization to to build out your uh, outrider as you see fit is the uh is probably the the biggest strength of what people can fly got going here but it's fun i'll keep playing it i'm, I'm enjoying it like it's yeah it's passable it's fine it's fine. The, yeah. It's the, the the hungry game is fine. Uh, review status. Look, yeah. I may, I may try it. Um, my only um, issue is that I will only try it because it is on Xbox Game Pass. Unfortunately, I did the demo on PC, so I will have to start from the very start again. Yeah, me too. Uh, so uh, that's the only thing that's really like holding me back too much but no maybe i'll dabble i'll, I'll give it a, a second go because i've got nothing to lose apart from maybe a bit of time yeah so. like i think it, it took me took me probably just under or just about two hours to get to where we were finishing from that demo so it's not a huge like it's still two hours is a good chunk of time but it's not mm. a huge huge investment to to get to where we were on the demo um we probably just sort of went and farmed legendaries like everyone else did 
<laughs> because <laughs> there's some sick sick weapons in the game. I haven't got yeah. one legendary yet. I've just got a heap of you know like um or epics I should say. I've got a, got some purples, but yeah, no no golds yet. No golds. <laughs> yeah, but um check it out. The game it's fine. You know, it's a pass. It's no no game of the year material though, right? Not game of the year, but fun and very fun with friends. Like mm-hmm. solo experience it's okay, but the game sort of starts to really sing when you're rolling with two other friends and just popping crazy abilities and just watching bodies explode everywhere. Like yeah. there is parts of animals and people going all over the place. Oh, and I got to quickly mention too, there's parts of this game and the way that it goes into this uh, this crazy alien planet Enoch, you get mm-hmm. some real Starship Troopers vibes about the game at times and Ooh. that's one thing I really, really like. <laughs> So okay. um, yeah, you piqued my interest. Yeah, yeah, I should have let off with that. Yeah, but yeah, just... there's some real Starship Troopersy vibes uh, about even with like some of the dialogue. It feels like it could be from Starship Troopers, like mm. some of the things that get talked about. So would you yeah, like to know more? There too. Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh god, such a great movie. It's the sequels movie. were so bad. I didn't touch the first. Him. I didn't touch them. I can't remember if they did three sequels. I can't remember if there's three four movies in total four. or three. Yeah. I'm trying to remember like stacking the DVD shelves in JB Hi-Fi and I definitely know there was a trilogy pack. Can't remember if there was a quadrilogy though. Yeah, and I think, was it in the, th- the third one or the second? Like I know old Casper Van Dien. Old, came uh, back. Yeah, he came back for one of them at least. Mm, I th- oh, now I'm thinking there was four. I think you're right. And did they, they did an animated show. Did they do like, a cut, they? like an animated show of it as well, I think? You'd think they could do well with that, though, right? It was a yeah. great universe. I love the concept, but um, it was cheesy. Like, we all came in knowing that it was a cheesy movie. Yeah, so. yeah. It's, it's so good. It is so good. <laughs> Something else that's so good is the, uh, the 8-Bit Founders Coins. Uh, you can still get yours over at ko-fi.com forward slash we are 8-Bit for $20 AUD shipped anywhere in the globe. Uh, get your hands on a bit of exclusive memorabilia that is never going to get repressed. So once these things are sold out, that's it forever. So get in now or forever hold your peace. Uh, if you want to support us uh, from a month-to-month perspective, obviously at ko-fi.com forward slash we are 8-Bit, $5 AUD a month. It's going to get you early access to a ton of of podcasts as well as automatic entries into our giveaways and just some general awesome positive karma going your way so uh do that if you can if you can't support us monetarily obviously just be sure to rate review subscribe us on your podcast player of choice preferably apple podcasts or if you want to share us on them spotify charts that would be also awesome because it helps keep the emotional lights on in our hearts but speaking of hearts miss heart Mm. let's maybe start talking about our friends over at manscaped what do you reckon Let's do it. Listeners, do you constantly lay awake at night worrying that your DPS output doesn't stack up to the rest of your party? Well, worry no more, as the purveyors of Perfect Pubic Hair have got you covered. The Perfect Package 3.0 kit by Manscaped is equipped with everything you need to keep your abilities popping and the enemies dropping. It all starts with a lawnmower 3.0, complete with a patented ceramic blade and advanced skin safe technology that will have you ground and pounding your way to success with effortless devastation. It also comes with an assortment of other liquid formulations to round out your grooming routine. Some of these liquid tools for your family and jewels includes the Crop Preserver. It is an anti-chafing deodorant that will keep your tool of destruction smelling fresh. This is a total game changer. Why are you not already putting deodorant on the smelliest part of your body? 
Next up is the Crop Reviver, a spray-on ball toner that will keep your bits cool and protected from any pyromancer. The perfect package also comes with a nifty travel bag to carry your amber vault, disposable shaving mats and a set of the comfiest anti-chafing boxes you have ever worn. This is the perfect package for your perfect package. And listeners, we have a very special offer for you all to take up today. You can get 20% off and free shipping with the code 8bit at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com using the code A-T-E-B-I-T. And remember everybody, nobody wants to be seen rocking common level equipment. So get yourself the perfect package 3.0 with the code 8bit at checkout at manscaped.com. On to some news. This week's news headlines. And the first headline reads, Target acquired. This is just uh, rounding up all the financial or transactional-based news from the past week. So I might uh, just waffle through these five dot points, then we can maybe round back to the start and and talk about them individually if we want. But the first one, uh, Nordisk Games has acquired a minority ownership share in Until Dawn developer Supermassive Games. Nordisk, which already owns Avalanche Studios and 40% of Mercury Steam, among others, will hold 30.7% ownership in the studio. The amount of the investment has not currently been disclosed. So there's one uh, interesting acquisition or at least part ownership there. The next one, Capcom have shipped over 4 million units to date of Nintendo Switch exclusive Monster Hunter Rise. For comparison, Monster Hunter World has shipped 5 million total. And uh, the score review at Metacritic currently sits at 87 for Monster Hunter Rise. That game is going gangbusters in its first week of release on the Switch. Uh, The next one, as far as big money, PUBG Mobile's lifetime revenues have passed over 5 billion with the B US dollars. Holy shit. Holy shit, that's a lot of cash. Fuck that game. But anyway, uh, the second last one, Online games giant Nexon has invested close to $900 million in four major pu- companies this past week, including three games publishers. The firm disclosed investments amounting to $874 million spread across Bandai Namco, Konami, and Sega Sammy, as well as toys manufacturer Hasbro. The investments come after Nexon's board approved to plan uh, approved plans to pour 1.5 billion into entertainment companies that in quotes demonstrate the ability to develop and sustain strong globally recognized intellectual property end quotes. The 874 million represents 58% of this authorized investment, so more announcements are likely to follow in the future. Nexon emphasized that these are in quotes long-term friendly investments with no intention of acquisition or Activision activism in quotes and the last one bloober team has decided to put an end to its merger and acquisition discussions according to vgc translating article from polish publication bankia.pl the medium developer was in talks with several investors about being acquired but will now instead consider cooperation with one of the investors rather than a merger so there's a five big transactional based nuggies there uh miss hart anything there Take your fancy anything you wanted to talk about there? Um, what do you think? Look, I, the <laughs> Monster Hunter Rise numbers do not surprise me. I have seen people um, sign up and play Monster Hunter Rise, especially on Twitch. Um, people that I just wouldn't have even expected to play the game. Because to me, personally, I feel like the game is for a very specific 
group of people that like a certain type of gameplay. For me, it's not it's not for me. Just a lot of hack and slashing and then, you know, getting gear and like matching up abilities and everything. It just seems like it's a little too much work for me personally. Um, although having cute little doggos by your side could, you know, take take me on board and be the um, only winning factor. Um, <laughs> however, uh, I like I said, I've just seen masses of people playing um, Monster Hunter Rise and getting on board. It just, I like the consensus that I actually have been hearing is that it actually isn't a very um, new user friendly experience. Um, it seems like that there is a lot of um, hurdles when it comes to being entry level into this Monster Hunter World game style. So that also kind of makes me not want to, you know, give this game a try. But the numbers mm. don't surprise me that they're um they've, they've already shipped four million units in contrast to the actual base game of Monster Hunter World, which shipped what was it five million? Five million, yeah. yeah so, so it's it's on track to surpass that because this game's been out a week. And as you said, like everybody is on the Monster Hunter Rise train, and I wonder. How much is of that is to do with the fact that you can uh, have doggos and ride doggos and and whatever else like mm-hmm. uh, you know the the pet love in a game certainly adds a little bit more demand to it that's for damn sure but everyone that seems to be playing it seems to be really enjoying it like um yeah. I don't think like I don't think I'm gonna pick this up like I haven't picked up my switch in maybe nine months as it is uh, and and this game <laughs> you know I I enjoyed there my time with Monster Hunter World. Oh, there is a demo? Okay. There's- nah. 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 <laughs> Being honest, I'm, nah. I'm not playing this game. Yeah. It's, it. like I said, very, very, very specific style of gameplay. Not for me. Especially, it, a lot of people have actually said it's great with friends. And, like, so that, that's usually, like, if that's what it depends on, maybe not. Maybe yeah. not. Um, and, yeah, PUBG's... <laughs> Five billion US dollars. Ridiculous. What are you doing? What are Mm. you guys doing? Although I've got to be honest, like whenever it comes to these mobile games and me being on the side of a gamer that is, you know, console or PC based, I always forget that there is this weird kind of universe of mobile gaming where there is major, major players, where there are people who are on their lunch breaks or riding the train to work where they themselves are not considered like a gamer gamer, like, but they are really into these mobile games to pass the time. So there is just this whole other universe out there that I don't get involved with that is obviously propping up games like this, like Call of Duty on mobile. Um, I believe they won awards for their game mm-hmm. um, and the success in the game as well as earning huge dollary dues for that on the mobile side. So it's this whole other universe that I'm just not connected with and sometimes I see these uh, numbers and I'm just like, what the hell? Yeah, it's it's insane. And and these numbers, like that $5 billion, apparently last year alone they did over $2.5 billion in revenue for 2020. Wow. Obviously, with COVID and stuff like that, especially you're at home, so you are out and about less and less. So, mm. so the gaming uptake is is higher. But as you said, there is this weird, or not weird. Sorry, that's that's probably a bit disrespectful. There is this subsect of gamers that aren't PC players. They're not console players. They're they're mobile players. Like I've got customers that I deal with at work that play PUBG Mobile, and that's the only game like they play or own. Uh, in their entire catalog mm. but like there's people that just love that kind of stuff so you can see there's a hunger for it when when these guys are <laughs> raising or 
making over five billion in the last couple of years. It's absolutely insane to think about. Other ones there like Nordisk buying a stake in Supermassive, which is interesting. Uh, until yeah. Dawn and the 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 dark mytho- uh, the dark mythology and all that kind of stuff that's got going on at the moment. Uh, I, I'm a big uh, Supermassive fan. Uh, big uh, big rose colored glasses wearer with that studio and, and that world, obviously. Yeah, it's this damn shame because Until Dawn was a massive success, and yeah. I personally. Like, I never played the game, but I actually have watched quite a few different run-throughs, watched a bunch of um, alternative endings and all that sort of stuff, and I genuinely love how that game got played and the story, the characters, and just having that connection of um, there were the totems and then having that connection of there's this sub-story video that if you collect them all, it Mm -hmm. gives you some extra information. I love that sort of shit. But then... With um, was it was it Man Man of Medan? Man of Medan, yes, that was the first one in the the Dark Pictures anthology. There was that mm. one, and then they've released a Little Hope, and then there's a third. I don't know if the third one's coming out this year or if it's going to be next year, but there's that. But in between, until Dawn and the Dark Pictures games, they also did the um, Asylum one, right? Yeah, I think it was called. I don't think it wasn't called the Medium. What was it? Was it the Medium? I played it like I played it in PSVR. I thought it was just the Asylum. What was it called? Um, I don't think it was called the Asylum. But you said it was, yeah, you said it was VR, and I remember it actually crushed your heart a bit because of you were such a big advocate for Until Dawn, and then you played this one, and it kind of didn't uh, didn't reach the same hype levels, unfortunately, as um because I it's one of those things, right? Like Until Dawn, not. I guess it was kind of new in what they were doing, especially for the horror genre. But um, it 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 was just it was great. It was had a great massive impact, and now having to follow suit on such a successful, you know, game, and then kind of I guess set like continue on with the same style while being new, innovative, and interesting. It's it's a it's a risky thing. It's always like you're either gonna you know float or sink. Yeah, yeah, like trying trying to keep this this formula that they've been known for fresh is tough. Yeah. Like um yeah, so so the, the the game I was thinking of, it it is in this it's called The Impatient was the That's the VR it. game. And the first half of The Impatient was phenomenal, and then the second half was just shit. <laughs> uh and then yeah, so Little Hope last year and sorry, House of Ashes is the third one in the Dark Pictures anthology uh. and it's slated for release this year at the moment. So mm. we'll see. We'll, we'll see. see, but yeah, Until Dawn is certainly the the crown jewel in this interactive horror uh, universe that they're building out. But mm. yeah, interesting, and also the uh, the Bloober team putting putting the brakes on merger or acquisitions. I wonder if Microsoft were sniffing around on that pretty hard because obviously <laughs> uh, the Medium is a, a platform exclusive for Microsoft through Game Pass and things like that. So I wonder if they were saying, hey. What kind of uh, number do I need to write on this check here, Bloober team, to uh, make you part of the crew full time? But anyway, I'd power love to, to them. live in a universe where Microsoft comes to me and says, "How much money do you want me to write on this check?" That'd be exactly. nice. Exactly. Another That'd zero, nice. two zeros. <laughs> Tell me when. Tell me when. <laughs> Tell me when to stop. Yeah, and and that weaves in nicely, I think, to the to the next bit of news, which uh, we've titled "Take Me Out to the Ball Game," and uh, some of these wordings here is from Shannon Grixie over at Press Start. 
It's no secret at this point that Microsoft has been going hard with money to acquire games for Xbox Game Pass, but this one is up there with the biggest. In the latest announcement, Xbox announced that MLB The Show 21 will be launching on Xbox Game Pass on day one on April 20th. This might not seem like a big deal here in Australia, but MLB The Show is developed by a Sony studio, obviously San Diego studios, and has previously been exclusive to PlayStation consoles only. It's a big deal as it is one of the best-selling games in the USA, and this marks the first time that a game developed by a Sony Worldwide studio has become available on Xbox Game Pass. The game will be available um, on Xbox Game Pass on day one for both the Xbox One and Xbox Series X. So... Those are, you know, Phil Spencer and his crew over there. Uh, you know, we were talking about those blank checks. This is huge because, yeah, it's going to be the first time that we're going to see a Sony Studio game released on Game Pass on day one. So you can get this game cheaper through Game Pass than you can if you're buying it through the PlayStation Store. <laughs> Even though it's a, you know, a PlayStation or Sony owned IP, this is a bit of a bit of a game changer. This one. Yeah, it's a it's a big dick move, really. Like, cause to not only say, hey, it's available on our console now, but we're gonna make it a part of our very, very exclusive um, and very hyped up um, game subscription service that you know has been really making a name for itself in the like in this year alone. We're early on in the year, and already Microsoft has made so many big moves in. Um, you know, acquiring game studios as well as making certain games available a part of the Game Pass subscription. So to take an exclusive title from PlayStation, putting it on their very exclusive game subscription service and then saying it's available day one, you know, here it is. And like, so it's not even on PlayStation Plus, right? Like then you're going to have to pay full price for this bad boy yeah, on they, PlayStation? It's, it's, it hasn't like the April announcements for PlayStation Plus have dropped and it's it's not in April. Maybe it'll follow the subsequent month, but oh. for now it's full purchase only, whether it be physical or digital, I mean, which is crazy. Technically, Sony's getting money out of this regardless. Um, well, a Sony studio will be um, because obviously Microsoft dropped some big bucks to say, hey, let us do this. Mm. Um, but I... Look, personally, I'm not a sports game person, like, at all. So my hype levels for this aren't nearly to the same level as it is for other people who are very heavily into game video games. You're not excited sports. to hit some dingers? <laughs> That's what they call them. Is it? I, I've been to baseball games, but I'm purely there for, the, like, hot dogs and drinking. Like, oh, yes. Yes. So good. <laughs> I barely know what's going on. Um, but... Um, I like when this got announced. Um, I believe it was it got announced last today. night. Yeah, yeah like it was, Friday. It's overnight. Yeah. Hot off the press. So um, everyone is pretty like like jaw dropped on this one. This one's like of all the moves Microsoft's doing. This is just another one where everyone's like, "What the fuck is happening?" Mm. <laughs> so yeah, so it's it's a big boy move, that's for sure. And like you're right in the fact that Sony. There's, Sony aren't losing money. Like they've they've sort of given them a check with a substantial sum on it to mm. say, hey, let us put this on Game Pass day one, and that will certainly offset maybe the reduced sales from full price sellouts um, via the digital store or you know a mm. physical shop front. So yeah, Sony aren't going to go backwards on this, but no. it's just it's just a big move, and I like that we're seeing some some you know 
they're playing nice. Like I like that rival platforms are playing nice and saying, you know what? You can put our game on here and vice versa. Like obviously Microsoft own ZeniMax and Bethesda now, but they're they're honoring the timed exclusives for uh, Deathloop and Ghostwire Tokyo, mm. stuff like that. So there's probably a little bit of, you know, we're, we're doing this for you here. We're, we're keeping up with that previous agreement. So, you know, <laughs> scratch our back a little bit here. We'll also pay you to scratch our backs, but... yeah. Maybe but that's how they paid them. They're like, give us the, like, keep, let us keep these games on our consoles and we'll give you whatever game you want. And they went mm. MLB and they're like, oh, you bastards. All right. Yeah, yes. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> you got us. It's always, like, it's always weird to me, though, to see a sports game as a, con- like, a platform exclusive. Like, yeah. I guess. I don't know. Like, much like mobile gaming is foreign to me, the um the sports video game universe is pretty foreign to me as well. So I didn't actually know this was a console exclusive. So I can see how, like, especially that this is like one of the more popular ones, making mm-hmm. a console exclusive really would up PlayStation sales. As, as a person that maybe predominantly only plays sport games if i know that my game's going to be on one console you would buy that console every year exactly so, like, can you imagine if like microsoft or sony got exclusivity to like fifa or something like that can you imagine oh the money God. they would make FIFA? from something like that like <laughs> i know i know mlb the show is is probably a tier under that from a, a sales perspective but like it's still a unit mover and mm. Uh, one thing also that uh, was dropped in in the blog post on Xbox Wire is uh, cross-platform play and progress. So if you oh. do have friends on PlayStation or on Xbox, you'll be able to play together and your um, save and, and progress will carry if maybe you're jumping across both platforms. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's actually pretty cool too, having that as well. Well, that, yeah, it'd be a bit of a dick move to be like, oh, well, no, hang on. Xbox doesn't hold exclusivity. So I guess mm. that's just for any person that owns both consoles and for whatever reason wants to play. Oh, via Game Pass. There we go. So, yeah. 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 But uh, big move, you know, Xbox, as you said, like they're, they're certainly moving and shaking and Game Pass, like Outriders being a day one exclusive and now or the day one uh, release on Game Pass and now MLB The Show 21 mm. being available day one as well. Like fair enough if this was... Oh, it'll be on Game Pass six months later. But no, it's day one. This game's available. Get it on Game Pass as part of your monthly subscription. Like, that's huge. It's massive, especially in the same week that PlayStation was announcing the remove. They removed their stores, right? On. um, Yeah, the Vita and the PS3 stores. Mm. Gonskis. Yep. And where Xbox is like, you can still play original Xbox games on here. (laughs) Everybody else, uh, yeah, you want to play the games? They're all on here. We don't judge. Yeah. (laughs) It's very different marketing, that's for sure. Yeah, it's weird times. Weird times. Yeah, and um, there's some some weird times happening over in Poland as well. So, uh, (laughs) yeah, City Project Red uh, doing a bit of a a, a shuffle internally as far as uh, how they're tackling games moving forward. 
So Cyberpunk 2077 maker City Project Red will change how it operates to, to develop multiple AAA games and expansions in parallel and only begin promoting its creations much closer to release. Cool. The, cha <laughs> the change in strategy, what CD Projekt calls its new, in quotes, strategic development framework, end quote, comes in response to the disappointing launch of Cyberpunk 27, uh, 2077 in December last year and is detailed in a lengthy corporate update video released earlier this week. So uh, this is what Adrian Sosinski said. He's the company boss. We want to improve the way we make games. We want to continuously improve the working environment for every team member. We want a sharper focus on how we work together to make great games. The word crunch is not mentioned within the video at any point. Though there's mention of training for staff on matters of mental and physical health and word of a group of employees from across the company, which will liaise with CD Projekt's board. Throughout the video, the ongoing development and growth of the studio's two core franchises, The Witcher and Cyberpunk, was made very clear. Cross-functional teams that will work on projects for both IPs at the same time uh, with this dual development plan to start in 2022. We have learned many things from our marketing and PR campaigns for Cyberpunk 2077 and see things that need to change in the future, City Project Red Exec Mikhail Nowakowski said. Going forward, our future marketing campaigns will be much shorter. We'll wait until much closer to a game's launch before we start showing things like trailers, demos, or going in-depth about mechanics, etc. We may still see trailers and announcements for far-off projects, but nothing more substantial, Nowakowski continued. 2021's product, uh, product roadmap released by City Project Red also shows the already announced plan for Cyberpunk 2077 in quotes, patches, free DLC, and the game's delayed next-gen update, as well as its work on The Witcher, including its mobile Monster Slayer spin-off, next-gen update, and ongoing development of Gwent. In other news, City Project also confirmed it was planning to acquire Vancouver-based development studio Digital Scapes, which has worked, uh, which they have worked with each other since 2018, helping to build Cyberpunk 2077. Renamed as CD Project Vancouver, the studio will be the company's fourth office alongside existing teams in Warsaw, Krakow, and Rocklaw. So, they've certainly uh, come out and they're, they're trying to say they've learned from their mistakes. That's for damn sure regarding uh, Cyberpunk 2077 mm. and are going to take a little bit more of a strategic approach to uh, development and releasing and announcing and everything else that comes with uh, video games. What do you think about this, Miss Hart? You think this is a smart move from CDPR? I don't know, because the way that it's been, especially with everything to do with cyberpunk, at least, there were different levels of um, acknowledgement and accountability when it came to the release and everything that kind of plateaued with um, cyberpunk's faultiness or not getting meeting expectations of players. So we've seen things kind of back and forth. And now with this kind of uh, plan, this seems to actually be some acknowledgement, some accountability of like, yeah, we're kind of saying what people have said is kind of what happened, even though there were moments of us kind of denying the fact or trying to say that it wasn't the case. So they are trying to be um, a little bit ambiguous in some of these statements. But I mean, I'm we're if anything, we've all learned, we've all actually um, reacted quite positive to uh, game studios who announce games within like a good short time frame of release so we see a trailer hey this game is coming out next year cool 
that's what we like. You know, we don't mm-hmm. like the the slow burn. We don't like the oh, we will announce this game. It will come out in four years time. Within that time, we'll release snippets. We'll release little little things as we go along because. There's something about that slow burn that can sometimes really destroy your hype for a game and maybe also create like a false narrative in the gaming industry of people like maybe setting up things that maybe weren't set to expectation. Um, And I guess as the the longer time in between, you become maybe a little less forgiving when things fuck up. So I think think a developer if they want to protect their asses doing a short-term announcement to release is probably the safer bet because it doesn't give people enough time to build up an expectation as well as less forgivability when things don't work out i'm with you on that 100 percent. i think uh yeah if if a developer can can lessen the amount of time for people to overanalyze and build up their own potentially unrealistic expectation of what they're going to receive the better i think so mm. yeah if, if they can announce a game today and it comes out by the end of the year or the start of the following i think that's the the best way to do it but i like that they're talking about they're only going to be showcasing and announcing these things when they are pretty well close to completion as opposed to a cyberpunk which has been in and around the wild for for 10 years uh, give or take with with announcements and, and knowing that it's getting getting built so yeah the the online games media discourse that just comes with it where everyone's just watching this thing cook and they're all throwing mm-hmm. their ingredients in and expecting this <laughs> this big meal and then it comes out as you know the old uh you know what was it the the stone soup or whatever it was remember that book where it was like oh, i can make soup out of this stone and they put it in a pot and then everyone else throws all the ingredients in and at the end of the day, it's not even poison. a... Yeah, it's just a heap of mess. But anyway, I <laughs> probably completely butchered that analogy. But uh, yeah, it's just... they um, At least they're, they're taking their licks here and realizing, yo, we we potentially balls this up really bad. You know, mm-hmm. we had lawsuits thrown at us left and right. We, we still don't have the game on the PlayStation store. Uh, you know, we're, we're hemorrhaging money here and there with returns so let's do things right like let's try and build up the good grace that we had off the back of the witcher again yeah and slow our roll as far as expectation management and uh you know keeping people up to date with these two big these two big franchises they've got there like they've got two winners like the witcher you know it's it's its own beast altogether but like cyberpunk i think long term could be just as successful and just as special if it's done right and done with that same level of care so i've still got yeah. some hope like I, I enjoyed my time with cyberpunk 2077 you enjoyed and your time that's exactly right like maybe they can really like no man's sky this in the sense that like although me and you yeah we kind of did enjoy our experience but the um the universe well that they they technically didn't create but like the universe that they have established there um has a lot of potential for ex- overextending within um dlc for stories um elaboration on little side quests as well characters you meet along the way there's a lot of potential there so i don't know i do want them to recover i do want them to succeed i want things to work out i just yeah i want this to be a learning experience for them i don't want them to repeat mistakes i would also like a lot of other studios out there 
uh, maybe to learn from this experience, kind of like look from the sidelines and go, you know, maybe we should um, take a page out of this and uh, make sure that we don't have anything like this happen to us. Because we've seen studios get close to it. We've seen studios um, delay, uh, delay certain like AAA titles and whether to say they didn't meet to the expectations on the level that Cyberpunk did. But um, we definitely saw like a massive um, boulder just rolling down and collecting massive issues when it came to Cyberpunk's release and accountability, blaming the bug team, the, um, the um, oh, what are they called? The bug checkers. Oh, like uh, testers, the play testers. testers. Yeah, play testers and kind of like throwing the blame around there and just no accountability. So, yeah, which is which is gross. But um, yeah, just just learn from it, be better. You know, learn from your mistakes. I think if you can do that, then then you'll do well. And and now they've got a, a fourth studio involved, so yeah, hopefully that'll then lessen the lessen the load, lessen the crunch, and also just ensure that the these games come out with a high level of consistency that we were used to off the back of the witcher so uh yeah that's that's the end of the news we might uh pivot over to this tweet of the week and this tweet comes via way of at twitter mktg which is the official twitter marketing handle on that platform and so there was a uh best of tweets brand bracket 15 matchups there was 30 30 respective brands going head to head against one another uh, and the winner of this uh, was going to get their product of choice uh, manufactured en masse. So uh, Xbox ended up in the final against Skittles, of all things. Weird. Uh, I don't know how Skittles made its way to the big dance. Like, uh, you know, they, they pushed through. They took down Doritos, of all things. Like, I'd, I'd be putting my money on Doritos any day of the week. I love me some Doritos. But uh, They'd be Wendy's. Xbox- not oh, a, Wendy's too. Yeah, not, not as like a product, but like Wendy's is notorious for brand and marketing, especially in yeah. the Twitter scape. Like they're like, <laughs> with that, but like the fact that Skittles beat them, Skittles is doing something dodgy. I, I don't ever recall seeing Skittles present on my Twitter feed. Yeah, me. I've never seen them on there. So it was like there was four pillars. There was sports Twitter conference. There was the People's Choice conference. There was the food Twitter conference. And then there was the entertainment Twitter conference. So there was four four conferences with a winner coming out of each one. Uh, Xbox took down Spotify and MTV to make its way through. Yeah, Skittles took down Alexa 99 as well as Wendy's to make its way through. And, and yeah, Xbox at Xbox reigns supreme. So this means that they're looking to start manufacture of the uh, Xbox Series X mini fridges that are doing the rounds. Uh, Miss Hart, would you would you drop the cash on one of these? Like, would you buy one? Or is there like a threshold as far as a, a dollar value where you'd be in or you'd be out on? Here's the thing. Like, I can see some great return on investment if I was one of those cool streamers. Like, if I had one of those cool streaming rooms where you have all the cool pop culture things in there, you have the lights, you have the little figurines, having, like, an Xbox Series X mini fridge in the same space, I could could see that. I could see myself doing that for the right price. But here in my... In my normal person's space, <laughs> I don't, I don't see a mini fridge, <laughs> uh, kind of blending in with my, with my aesthetic over here. So probably not, probably not. <laughs> Depending on the cost, I'm in. 
I know. <laughs> I think everyone, I think our listeners already knew. Based on your uh, track record of just buying stuff, yeah, I think yeah. everyone knew you were in. Yeah, depending on how much these little Xbox uh, obelisk mini fridges are, I'm in. You're like, like uh, depending on the price. It's a million dollars. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'll just, uh, do you do you take a do you take NBA Top Shop moments? Can I can I buy it with a couple of NFTs? You odds it. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm waiting to see how much they go for, and if if it is, I, I see. I don't know what's reasonable. What like, is what's reasonable? a price that's going to make me not sound like an idiot? Like that I'd say I'd throw money at three hundred bucks. Yeah, well then, but that's a console, right? <laughs> oh, it's I'd say half a console. Three three hundred bucks. I think it's pretty fair for a I, little Xbox mini fridge. I guess so. I actually wouldn't have the the slightest clue on how much a mini fridge actually goes for, but um, I mean a normal fridge is you know a couple of thousand, so quarter that. <laughs> yeah, like if it's. That. If it's you know three hundred ish thereabouts, I'll get one. Probably my probably my break is five hundred bucks. That's where I'm like I'm out from Your break anything above five hundred. Okay. Yeah. They're like it's five hundred ninety nine. You're like oh okay. God damn it! <laughs> you I'm got in. me. I'm back. <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see how much these things get uh, get rolled out for into the market. And yeah, if it's if it's under five hundred Australian. There's a very high probability that I'm going to have an Xbox mini fridge <laughs> and I'm, use it for holding like two cans of Coke or something. You yeah, know. I want to see. I want to see what we're talking about size-wise with this one because yeah, it could be just like a you know really mini fridge. I don't think it's yeah. going to be like your hotel mini fridge. Yeah, they're they're only like their their official Xbox obelisk size. So your Series X, that's how big the fridge is. Really, it's like a one to one scale. Funny. Yeah, that's rude. I guess. Because when someone says mini fridge to me, I like I said, like I think of like a like a yeah no, like it's a it's a baby, yeah. You know, what? you know the one. Did you see the one that the um that the Rock sent to Paris? Did you see the one oh, that he did when yes. he was? Yeah. It's that size. It's that size. Oh, that's and you're willing to pay five hundred tops. <laughs> <laughs> Don't judge me. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so we'll see. We'll see when it hits the stores. And and then also we'll see if, if they sell out in two seconds. Like because sometimes collectibles and things like that just get snapped up. So I might even miss out on purchasing one. Possibly. Um, so there's there's that risk there too. But anyway, um listeners, would you would you buy yourself an Xbox mini fridge? And if so, what's what's your sort of price point that you jump on or jump off at? Like is is five hundred fair? Uh, we'll chuck it on. We'll chuck it on the socials and get some get some feedback. But if you wanted to sort of send us a bit more of a deeper discussion on that, obviously you can hit us up on them socials at We Are Eight Bit. Slide into them DMs or email us us email us at hello at eight bit.net if you wanted to sort of explain yourself in a little bit more detail. But yeah, are you in on the uh, the Xbox Series X mini fridge or are you out? Is it silly? Is it smart? Do you need one in your life? Let us know. Because I'm curious to see if I'm the only fool willing to pay 500 bucks in our immediate circle, or if there's a couple of fools in the boat with me. So let's get them together. Calling the fools ain't a good start. <laughs> you know I love y'all, but I, I'm like when I say fool, I say that I feel a bit foolish. It's a collective you know, fool. <laughs> yeah, we're a group of fools. What do you call a group of fools? A flock, a flock of fools. A flourish. A flourish. A flurry. <laughs> something but i'm i'm in at 500 bucks i'm in if it's above that 
I still might be in. <laughs> let's be honest here. I'm terrible with my money and my responsibility. So uh, let's see. But uh, let's let's move into the last part of the potty. New releases and events. And this week we're talking about uh, dates falling from the 5th through to the 11th of April. <clears throat> so obviously uh, episode 235 of THG is in your ear holes right now. Uh, the latest episode of Is This Thing On? Plus Hoop Dreams drops on Tuesday the 6th. Obviously, is this thing on is a Kofi exclusive only. So you've got to head over to Kofi.com forward slash we are 8-bit to get in on that. And also uh, something I wanted to highlight that drops on sort of this Tuesday, Wednesday is uh, Reverse, which is the free Resident Evil multiplayer that's coming as a pack-in mm. for with Resident Evil Village. Uh, beta testing is going to be running this week and available to download, yeah, from that Tuesday uh, for the PlayStation, the Xbox, and PC. So uh, I'm going to download that. Miss Hart, you should download it too, and we'll, we'll try and play and see just how crappy it is. Yeah, because, it looks uh, weird. It looks <laughs> the, really The trailers weird. of it, <laughs> woof. But uh, we'll give it a go. We'll, we'll see how it's like. Uh, Wednesday, we also see early access to Cocktail Club Episode 4, Ooh. dropping over at ko-fi.com forward slash we are 8-bit. And uh, Oddworld Soulstorm, Ooh. the latest in uh, Abe's adventures, is dropping on the Sony platforms with uh, included in PS Plus. So if you've got uh, PS Plus, you can get your hands on Oddworld Soulstorm day one for no oh, included cost in your monthly subscription. Uh, Thursday... We're going to see the full release of the next episode of The Hungry Game Show, which saw friend of the show Nathan Tilly battling against GoldenEye007 or GoldenEye64. And then uh, this coming Friday for us here in Australia or Thursday evening or early Friday morning for the rest of the world, uh, episode four of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier drops as well as Invincible episode number four. Five. Can so, Ellie catch up? <laughs> Can she catch up? Seriously, you got to push through and watch, watch episode two and three, or at least watch episode two to get a better feel of the tone and the direction of it moving forward. Yeah, I'll give it. I'll give it another chance. I think it was just because um, we also had to ingest ingest the Falcon and Winter Soldier episode yes. as well, which I'm still, yes. I'm still on the fence. I'm still. Kind of. Have you watched? Eh. Have you, you haven't watched episode episode three dropped last mm, night? No, haven't watched episode three. I'm sorry, SVU took uh, priority. <laughs> dun, dun. <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll probably watch it today. But yeah, the episode two still didn't do much for me. Kind of threw me around a bit. Um, no one's really growing on me as characters. But I obviously, yeah, two episodes in, it's hard to kind of be like crazy critical on like attachment to characters but i don't know like i i really hate i really hate this kind of like bah humbug kind of thing that kind of goes on in my brain that doesn't let me enjoy things that other people enjoy it sucks it sucks <laughs> i was saying to my husband i'm like stop what being the? so grumpy miss Hart. but it sucks because it's not even like that kind of edgelord attitude of like i'm just gonna hate things for the you know sake of being edgy i'm just gonna hate things because i'm gonna be too cool for things and that's like no i'm like why don't i get to enjoy things everyone else enjoys things why does whatever mm. goes on in my brain let me enjoy things so if anyone has any opinions let me know <laughs> But then at the other end of this spectrum, I enjoy things sometimes too much. 
I, I enjoy some things that are naturally bad. <laughs> but like, that's that's better. That's a better way to be because at least you're not disappointed. At least like you can go out there and find things and get enjoyment out of it. And then like everyone else is in this circle going, how great is this and that? And I'm just sitting there going, why don't I get it? Like, why don't I just, why don't I get to have that fun? Why yeah. does my brain think so critically and just, yeah, it sucks. Mm. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully you'll get there eventually. <laughs> it's just really hard to please. <laughs> but in all honesty, though, the third episode of The Falcon and Winter Soldier is the best so far. Okay. And it was, um, I can't remember if it was written and directed or just directed or written, one of the two, but uh, by, by the guy that's done John Wick. So it's oh. shot and played out like like it's a like part of the John Wick universe. Like it is okay. super slick. This they go to some super cool locations. Uh, we're making fun about the sheer amount of neon and RGB in oh, Godzilla vs. No. Kong. There's a there's a big chunk of that uh, in in uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier episode three, but it's super cool and it's super violent in parts. Like it's some oh, of the sweet. biggest amount of violence I've seen in anything in the MCU in this episode. Like you can see the John Wick influence in this throughout the whole episode and it's super cool. It's I mean, this might be a cool episode to watch. It was really like it's it's scary and sucks that this is now the halfway point of this this show. But that's but like, good because so good. they've acknowledged that. They've acknowledged that this story that they're trying to tell for these guys and these characters only needs this much. It's, yeah. We were always complain when things that we enjoy get dragged on a little too long. So yeah, yeah, but uh, it's so good. Yeah, episode three, I loved it. Like I'd I'd rewatch it again today. Like it was that good. Like I was just a, a roller coaster from front to back, and yeah, just super artistic and really slick to watch. So uh, yeah, check it out. I haven't oh, watched yeah. episode four of Invincible yet. I'm going to watch that today. So uh, keen as a bean for that. But yeah, Miss Hart, that's the end of THG two three five. Anything else you want to say or add before we maybe shut the studio down for another week? I oh, know. I actually did stumble upon. I'm trying to um, keep my radar on for indie games because mm-hmm. um, obviously, obviously, after the success of last year um, with a lot of indie titles, I'm actually getting fed on my feed a lot more indie titles and upcoming indie titles that are in the works and. Um, I'm going to have to jump back and bring it up, but there was a title where it was like a soul taking kind of game, but with the same kind of stylistic, um, idea as, um, Pikmin. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to have to go back and find out what the name of it is because I believe it is kicks. It's either Kickstarter or Patreon. They're looking for funding. There is one that is called like, like Guinea pig parkour, um, that that name alone should just like <laughs> win you over, but it's like hand drawn, um, hand drawn platformer. So if I think if you look up like guinea pig parkour, you'll see some of the some of the style and some of the stuff that's been in the works for that one. So, but yeah, just trying to keep my radar out there for the um for the indie titles that are yeah you know, maybe flying under the radar a bit. On the indie front, I downloaded during the week uh, Narita Boy. On oh, Xbox I've been Game hearing Pass. about that one. I, I wanted to play it, but then uh, Outriders took over, so I'm gonna gonna put mm. some time in Narita Boy this week. So that's a that's another little indie gem by um, yeah Studio Cobra, which has been getting some positive press out there. Uh, well reviewed on Steam and Metacritic, and apparently it's selling selling units like no tomorrow across all the platforms. So I'm gonna gonna play that and report back next, next week. week on Narita Boy to see what that's like too. Cool. So uh, yeah. 
looks interesting. So, uh, yeah, indie games. There's so many of them coming out. It's hard to, like, as you were saying, it's hard to stay on top of them. There's it's so hard many to stay on top out. of them, but it's pretty good that we're starting to see them rise to the kind of the top level now alongside some of the uh, AAAs. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Ape Nation, that brings us to the end of episode 235. You can obviously find us as a collective at We Are 8-Bit. You can find myself at Brendan 8-Bit and Miss Allie Hart at Miss Allie Hart. But that's it, Miss Hart. Let's get out of here for another week. Ape Nation, till next time, much love. And stay hungry. You've been listening to The Hungry Gamers, one of many gaming and geek culture-related podcasts from the 8-Bit Collective over on 8bit.net. Check out more episodes on your podcast service of choice. And while you're there, please be sure to rate and subscribe. Until next time, boys and girls, stay hungry. Do I want to get a burger for lunch today or do I want to get a... um? There's a shop around the corner that does a beef brisket toasty and they are so good. Get the burger. Always get the burger. Mm. Good call.